This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. This is so lame. So, so disco. But we're talking about 2022 in the midterm elections, and you're taking us back on a time machine. They what, just, are, they, they, what is wrong with you because guys? Because they, they have your song list from your top-rated show in the overnights. Weren't you doing this this morning? Not this. I would never play this song. There's so many other I thought I songs. heard you and Bo Snurdly going back and forth doing some cool yeah. jazz. And oh, doing no, no, some... because he's trying to be Barry White. He's trying to be... Uh, was the greatest overnight broadcaster on WBLS, uh, Frankie Crocker, right. The Quiet Storm, Vaughn Harper. And I say, I know them. I knew them. The, you know Vaughn Harper. You know he's, he's got Frankie the, Crocker. He's got the voice for it. Yeah, but he doesn't have the rhythm. He doesn't have the timing. He admitted when he grew up in Southeast Queens, went to Jackson High School, very tough school, that he was Urkel there. That he used to get smacked around by everybody. And there was only one white guy in the school. They didn't pick on the white guy. They picked on him. <laughs> so you know he was Urkel. He, he, he just, he pretends, but he doesn't have it. But meantime, I had a chance to listen. And uh, let me give you some advice, Anthony Weiner. You know, as you were making your arguments about global warming, climate change, all you had to say is, I was walking through Central Park today, 75 degrees. It is November. I'm not going to say anything more. Uh, November, 75 degrees. Uh, is this unusual nowadays? No. <laughs> no. So, I, I, boom, slam dunk. I said for all for all the people visiting New York looking for the perfect marathon weather, we may think it is. It's not. This is a no. bad, bad weather no. for Schwitz. a marathon. You schwitz. Yeah. And then I heard you uh, refer to the over-under point spread in playing uh, the lottery. And I said, your mother was channeling you, a math teacher at Midwood High School, right? Channeling you, figuring out the percentages. I was just telling Kevin off the air that I did buy lottery tickets. And by the way, you heard me make the commitment on the air. I'm going to share it with my listeners if I win, because that's what Democrats do. But I figure it's one point something billion dollars. My odds of winning are like one in 600 million. Technically speaking, the odds are on my side. The payoff is more can than I, the odds. Uh, can I have my anti-Semitic moment? You see, that's why the Jews were so much better than the Gentiles in that. <laughs> like, He's got to figure it out, right, down to the decimal point. But I think that's your mother, who was a lifelong... Fran Wiener taught it at IS-88, Peter Roger, and then taught it at Midwood High School. Math, math right. teacher, yes. Yes, he'll see. Channeling right through you. Yes, yes. And then, lastly, I see you had to do a mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa... 
Because you mentioned the wrong Irving. I No, I had Kwawi Leonard confused with Kyrie Irving. Yes. I figure guys with unusual first names and Jewish now-sounding last names, I got them all confused. <laughs> now, <laughs> let me tell you something that was far more precarious for me. So I was on AM 970, The Answer, for four years. Four years of my life, I'll never get back. There were maybe two people listening to me. The one right next to their tower in New Jersey and the engineer. Other than that, I did AM drive. I did PM drive. For four years, people were saying, hey, I miss you on the radio. What happened? And then finally, I returned to my place to be WABC. So I was talking about Jimmy Kahn and Andrew Mush Russo, who's the head of the Colombo crime family, who just recently died. And they were like two peas in a pod. They were together forever. And I say, hey, of course, everybody knows Jimmy Kahn is affiliated with the Colombo crime family. Because just like our own Sid Rosenberg, a Jewish guy who wanted to be birthed Italian, who wanted to be a white guy, almost to the T, just like our own Sid Rosenberg. And so I said that, and then all of a sudden, the suits at AM 970, the answer, you know, these are the holy rollers, you know, on California they get all nervous uh, because the lawyer for Andrew Mushruso is selling them, we want him off the air or we want him to read an apology. It must be an apology or we're going to sue you for everything. Right. So naturally, they're afraid of the mob. <laughs> they're crawling underneath their desk. And so they say, you have to read this or you're fired. I say, you want me to apologize to somebody who's affiliated with it? You don't? No more child support for you, pal. You'll have to get a job somewhere else. So. Hey, I had to do it for my kids, Anthony, uh, Carter, Hunter. So they gave me the apology. Frank Morano was my producer at the time. He reads the apology. He goes, Curtis, this is worse than what you originally <laughs> said about Jimmy Kahn. <laughs> so I didn't just read it once on the show. I read it five times. I said, I'm going to give these guys value. I'm going to read it five times. We didn't take any calls because people were too busy laughing and saying, this, right. this has got to be a joke. Yeah. This has got to be a skit. It can't, it can't really have expected this to be an apology. I didn't change any words. I read it oh, exactly. Oh, they wrote it and it was that bad? Yes, they, meaning the attorney That's for funny. James Kahn, a.k.a. Andrew Mushroso, Russo and the Colombo crime family. I read it according to the spec. I didn't change anything. I read it five times. I know the two people who were listening to the show were laughing so hard. Uh, and Frank Morano, he couldn't believe it. He goes, they really want you to read this. And the station said, yeah, you got to read it exactly the way it's printed. Yeah, well, I it, said, no problem. I'll read it five see, times. See, this gets us to the, the age-old adage, never repeat the charge. Like, even if someone says something about you that you think is outrageous and you shouldn't say it, Going back and saying, I demand that you do a retraction or whatever, then you just be like, well, I want to read the original story. I want to hear what happened. Um, but I had, to, I had to read mine for Quarry Leonard. But, yes, I believe that your situation but was But, you see, uh, I give you worse. absolution because as one of the chosen people, and by the way, uh, for my sins as a Gentile over the centuries, all the pogroms, all the times we committed genocide on your people, for the Cossacks, for everybody else, I actually donated two to your tribe. So for whatever the generations yes, of Sliwa may have taken away, I donated Carter and Hunter to your tribe. You are an honorary at least, but I think, yeah, you, you have you have full membership rights. But full membership rights. I must say, you, of all people who represent Jewish pride, you're a Zionist, you've been there, and you don't vacillate. And, man, you're getting it from both sides. You're getting it from the far left and the far right. 
They are coming out of the woodwork. Well, I, you heard what I said. I, I, maybe you disagree with this. I don't think there's any more or fewer anti-Semites in the world. I just think now we hear from them. Now so they feel more emboldened. The moment Elon Musk, you know, loosened up things at Twitter, they're flooding out on Twitter, basketball players, everything hey, else. I Andrew, mean, you know where this comes from. Uh, before it used to be Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam, but they were very organized. You know, once a year, uh, Farrakhan would summon celebrities and performers to his, what they call Savior's Day presentation, McCormick Plaza in Chicago. The anti-Semitism would flow. And you'd have Ice Cube, you know, nodding his head and Snoop Dogg and Chaka Khan. I remember, I remember looking at this and saying, oh my God, what the hell are those people doing there? But that was organized. This, is the crazy black Hebrew Israelite, the guys who stand on the, on corners, the corner, yeah, dressed in the medieval yeah, garb, no idea what they're talking with about, with their staffs in their head, <laughs> looking at you, Anthony, <laughs> and saying, "You know, real Jew, you're yeah. a fugazi, you're a fake Jew, you yeah. Ashkenazi Sephardic. We're the real Jews, and by the way, you're white, so you know you're the devil." Yeah, and there's no Holocaust. The Holocaust is a joke. They scream this now. Look. All in succession. Successful black men. I don't know what their politics is. Nick Cannon, right? He was sort of the Ryan Seacrest, Miltos. He would never take a controversial position. He's doing a podcast with Professor Griff talking about, I'm the real Jew. I know my roots. Kyrie Irving, right? For whatever nuttiness he's been involved with, he's an intelligent guy. went to Duke. He had a good upbringing in West Orange. He went to uh, St. Patrick's High School in Elizabeth. And he's bought into the same. And Kanye West, although obviously uh, bipolar, he didn't grow up in the hood. He was a mama's boy, south side of Chicago. He didn't do this violent gangster rap. He made his money promoting rap and apparel, and he became a billionaire legitimately. And yet he bought into this craziness. And- there, there are, but I, you, know, you look at all these conspiracies, you know, it's not just knuckleheads who are believing them. There are some reasonable, otherwise reasonable people showing up and believing these types of things. But I think we have a, and this is a real problem on our left, because we have people who think they're being progressive politically by being anti-Semitic, and they don't even seem to realize it. And I think it's also it's giving an invitation to everyone else. Well, they're allowed to do it. I'm allowed to say my yes, piece. Yeah. And what I what I, I have said is, look, you have every right to be an anti-Semitic asshole. Uh, pardon me. Uh, sorry about that. That's quite all but, right. But – uh, we give you license for all the years that we <laughs> committed pogroms against your people. That's the least we can give you. But if you, you're Anthony. if you're in the New Jersey, the, the Brooklyn Nets, if you are Nike, if you're Amazon, if you're Twitter, we have every right not to buy your but stuff. But I mean, think of this: you have Adam Silver, right? The NBA uh, president, Jewish, proud Jewish guy, right? He should take a menorah and impale himself. How does he let this go on and on? They're having press conferences. Kyrie is vacillating. No, you know, I'm not the Holocaust. You know, I have my own beliefs. It's like, yo, man, yeah. what is it? Why is this guy giving absolution? And notice a lot of other black players are quiet and waiting to see where the peace is for. But some of them believe this nonsense. I know it. Well, I, I was, you know, um, I, I stand with, with Kyrie was a, was a, uh, 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 was trending on Twitter. Yeah. And I was reading some of those comments. It, that's what, but people keep saying this is a free speech issue. It's not. You're free to say hateful things. You're free to march in Skokie, Illinois in a Jewish neighborhood right. wearing a hood. You're free to do that in this country. But 
Someone pays your salary, someone hires you, someone buys your products, and everyone else is free to say, no, you can't work here anymore. I don't care how good a basketball player you are. Or, no, we're not going to be on Twitter anymore. We're not going to advertise on Twitter. Twitter is not going to survive under Elon Musk, this amazing businessman, because of this hate that sets, that's all over the place. That's the, that's the other side of it. We have every right not to buy the sneakers, not to support Amazon for putting that video up on its Well, on its now, let me ask you this. I've been to Nick Ames. If your people, the chosen people, the Cohen tribe, all the tribes, don't go to support the Knicks. Only 20% of the seats are occupied. Likewise, in Barclays Center, about 80% of the fans, Jews love basketball. It's like in their DNA. Some of them can't play basketball, but they love basketball. And they will even support losing teams. That's how much they are. <laughs> they really love basketball. This goes way, way back. It's true. It's true. And so I think Jews collectively, regardless of the politics, have to, enough of this. We support uh, basketball here. The least you can do is keep your mouth shut. You have this following of millions of people, and you're spreading this anti-Semitism. We're going into a recession now. You know what happens every time we have a recession. Hot choo Oh, blame the Jews. It's historical. Yeah. We're going down the same path. Well, this is why in, in, in economic times like this, it's, it's a very common undercurrent. But I, I think that that's, I mean, look, it's, it is hard to fire a talented one-fifth of your team, even though they won by 46 points without him yesterday. Um, but I think, and, and by the way, I, I think Amazon is next. I mean, how does Amazon support having this type of, of, of publication or this type of video up on its servers? Um, yeah, no, this, and, and ladies and gentlemen, because most people have not seen it, you might as well stand on the corner in Times yeah, Square Penn Station it's and true. be abused by these black <laughs> guys in medieval garbage. That, I like to stand there and they call me, oh, here's the red devil, you know, with the, the red beret. Oh, who are you? Who are you? You, you white boy, you devil. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm a devil. You know, I, I walked by these guys at, uh, at Union Square with my son about a month ago and he said, what are they? And I said, I have no idea. I have no I have no clue. I have no clue. They are crazy people. Yeah, no, it's totally true. They're insane. And yet, look at the following. Nick Cannon, professional black performer entertainer, right? He got sucked into that. Obviously, Kanye West, he's talking about, oh, I'm from the 12 tribes of Israel. Got sucked into it. Kyrie Irving, sucked into it. He's an educated man. Yeah. We're not talking about people who are so emotionally disturbed that they can't function. They're functional. Well, look, the appeal of these types of crazy theories and narratives is they give people an orderly understanding of complex things. It, there's always the straightest line in the world is that guy did it to me. You know, that's always the easiest thing to, and when, in fact, things are complicated, we were, you know, we have a complicated history ourselves. Slavery in this country is a complicated history. Um, but well, one thing that's not complicated, comp uh, complicated. When all goes wrong, blame the Jews. That's true. Historically, it doesn't matter. It could be your best friend. You could be married to the person. Yep. Blame the Jew. And we're going down that same rabbit hole again. We are. By the way, is this rabbit coach here? Uh, am I permitted to say that? Rabbit, rabbit rabbits, rabbits don't have gills, so I think they're, uh, no, they're okay. not kosher. Okay, Rabbi, <laughs> Rabbi Anthony. No, but I, I cannot mention this. More, because I'm out in the streets and I hear it all the time from everybody, from everybody. Kurt, you know, it's, it's the Jews here. You know, they're the real controllers here because of this. They want to crime, Kurt. And by the way, that's the whole QAnon thing that a third of the Republican exactly. Party is wrapping its exactly. right they, they, Both sides are engrossed in this. So imagine you can get black guys and white guys together who hate one another. One thing they agree one upon. One thing they agree <laughs> upon is 
blame the Jews. As we continue on, we'll be delving into what appears to be a new wrinkle in the Zeldin campaign in Orange County. I bet you it won't be a Newburgh uh, Camden by uh, <laughs> by the Hudson River, that's for sure. But somehow, some way today, the woman in white, the woman that Frank Morano is so obsessed with and won't give him an interview, Tulsi Gabbard will emerge on the stage and will say, I love you, Lee. Yeah. I love you, Republicans. And this is supposed to determine the outcome of the election on November 8th. Yeah, you keep thinking that, everybody. You keep thinking that. Left versus right here, Anthony Weiner, who will be battling Andrew Giuliani 2 o'clock on Monday. Left versus right as it relates to this campaign right here at WABC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. I would like to take this opportunity to correct a few statements I made in earlier broadcasts <laughs> on my show concerning the well-known actor James Kahn. Contrary to my prior statements, Mr. Kahn was not in attendance at a court hearing involving Andrew Russo in New York on April 15, 2011. And therefore, he did not kiss Mr. Russo on the mouth at that hearing, as I previously stated. I also falsely stated that Mr. Kahn was a trisexual. I had no knowledge about Mr. Kahn's sexual preferences or activities, and it was not my intention to question Mr. Khan's sexual preferences or activities. Although Mr. Khan had written a letter to the judge in support of Mr. Russo obtaining bail, I incorrectly referred to that letter as a friend of the court brief. Further, Mr. Russo did not assist Mr. Khan in his early acting career. I retract my earlier baseless comments about Mr. Khan and sincerely apologize for making them. Oh my God, that is like Saturday Night Live skit material right Right there. I said it five times within an hour, and they were happy. They were happy. Whatever lawyer, I don't know where, they, probably That's a jailhouse amazing. lawyer, right, of Andrew Rus- uh, oh Mush Russo. And I, I kid you not, they, I look at that, Frank Morano says, I can't believe they want you to read it. I said, we're not only going to read it once, we're going to give them real value five times. We're going to give them the Quinella. How, how, if you're gamblers, you know what a Cornell is. How is James Conn is not a trisexual? Tri- I can't say it. <laughs> trisexual. <laughs> trisexual. How is that not a meme? How are the kids not saying that all over the place? <laughs> oh, man. That is too good. But you see, you thought you had to oh, yeah. go on wounded knee, right? Level. That's next level. This was, uh, this was amazing. I, I, again, that's very to, this, funny. to this day, the two people who heard it at AM 970, the answer, haven't stopped that's laughing. Funny. I wasted four years Conn of my not, life who, there. Who did James Conn not kiss? <laughs> that was too funny. Andrew Mush Russo on the mouth. Remember, not on the side of the cheek, <laughs> on the mouth. You know, swapping spit. Too good. So that you may think good. you had to uh, 
could have taken a step back. You're right. Look how many steps I had to take back. Look all that I had to acknowledge that was specious and wrong and defamatory. But in the meantime, aren't we whistling past the graveyard here? It is two days before the election. How do you think Hochul's going to do? She's going to win, right? Um, No, I think it's up up for grabs. I tell you what, uh, right now it's a celebrity uh, tour. Uh, everybody's bringing out their big guns. So you were informed me that Tulsi Gabbard, woman in white, is appearing with uh, Lee Zeldin in Orange County. Uh, and that somehow is going to change anything? No. She's a Hessian. She's a mercenary, just like Liz Cheney for the other side. She's a Hessian, a mercenary. They're, they're giving massive amounts of money, both sides, to whatever PAC or nonprofit these women have created, because obviously they're persona non grata by their original parties. And so they're showing up. As the celebrity endorser. Who are you talking about? Tulsi? Uh, Liz, Liz Cheney and Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, I see, yes. Well, yeah, have you noticed? Look at yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, wherever there's a Democrat, Liz Cheney is endorsing that uh, Democrat. Wherever there's a Republican now, Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, but here's the difference. Tulsi Gabbard has no support. Well, that's not. maybe that's not true. But, I mean, you can see the argument for Liz Cheney saying to Republicans it's okay to vote for this Democrat. What is Tulsi Gabbard bringing you? It just makes people worried. You know, like Zeldin, I mean. Star power. I suppose. I suppose. But if Zeldin really thought he had any chance of winning, he would not be taking Look at our own Frank Morano. Frank Morano is so fatuous over this woman. He he is opined for Tulsi Gabbard over and over on the other side of midnight. Please, Tulsi, I want to interview you. He believes in everything Tulsi does. She gives him no play. You know, you can make a pretty good argument based on the way she acts and talks. That she's an agent of the of the Russian government. Oh, you believe that? Yeah, you're, you're a Hillary Rodham. No, Clinton I'm just saying you take a look at it. I mean, she's Putin's number one apologist on the air. I mean, that maybe Tucker Carlson is close. I mean, is this? I mean, I'm just curious. Is someone going to ask Lee Zeldin? Do you believe what Tulsi Gabbard says about about supporting the Russians? Nobody's paying attention to that the last two days. It's all oh, about celebrity know. power. It's all know. about. Look, I don't know. Look, we're going to talk in the next segment about Pennsylvania. They're all cramming in Pennsylvania. I know you get three presidents there today. Right, plus you had Oprah. Oprah with Trinity Four, four put, presidents. Put the shiv in Doctor House's <laughs> oh, yeah. back. Is it going to change any votes? No. You've been down this road before, Anthony, many times. I've been down this road, not only for my own campaign, but other campaigns. There's a lot of glitz. It, it, it fires up the base. But does it get the people does you it? have to get to swing the election? No, but i got to tell you what it does show. It shows how desperate you think you need to be. Like, right, they bring Joe Biden in. They bring, you know, I know, I know the Clintons have been getting calls, yes. you know, because they're concerned about African-American turnout. It does show you a little bit. And also, in the case, the only reason Tulsi Gabbard is clear is, is it's clear that Bad Zeldin doesn't think he's going to win. You don't bring in someone that controversial. Oh, no, no, you do now. No, because you do now. it doesn't. What does it bring you? The, the pro-Russian vote? He's already no, got no, the no, crazy no, nobody, Nobody's vote. thinking of that. They're thinking of her star power. They're thinking of the fact that she is like yeah, considered an take, independent and I know, autonomous but you don't voice. Take, you don't take chances by having controversial people. She's, uh, you can't deny she's controversial. There's no doubt. But, but remember, she's controversial to the Hillary Rodham Clinton faction of the Democratic Party. No, I disagree. I think she's controversial to mainstream Democrats who might think of crossing over to vote. Who is Zeldin's target right now? Yes, get out the vote stuff. It's always about your base. Sure, I get it. You go to rallies to, to gin up your base. But his target voter is that 6 to 7%, maybe 8% tops of Democratic voter who's saying, you no, know no, what, I, look, I'm upset I enough looked, about I crime. I looked at the data, that. Anthony. You're, you're into data because you live that life. She has the woman's vote. He has the men's vote. It's dependent on turnout upstate. Turnout upstate so far is not good because... 
when you go way upstate, crime is not an issue. You know, away from the urban areas. Right. They have so many other issues that are of great importance. Now, Zeldin had to ride the crime train, or he wouldn't be where he is right now. It, it has caused all kinds of problems with Team Hochul. They have not handled that well. I would agree. They, they fumbled the ball on that. But when you go deep upstate, he's got to get what Pataki got. Pataki got 70% of the Republicans to show up to vote upstate because of Michael Baricic, Rudy Giuliani endorsing Mario Facha Bruta Como against Pataki. He's not, he's not averaging that now. Now. By having a Tulsi Gabbard, by bringing firepower up, yeah, you 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 sort of get those independents, those those uh, unaffiliated voters that you really need to make a difference to think about: Do I really want to go with Hoku, who's the mainstream, or do I really want to go with right. uh, Lee Zeldin? You know, there's another element of this that I don't think Republicans are paying close enough attention to. I know that there is an element in the Republican Party that is this election denier element. But one of the things that it's doing is I think it's depressing early turnout and depressing mail-in turnout. You know, you've got these devices to be able to – that are increasing turnout by making it easier for people to vote. And they've made too many Republican voters skeptical that that their vote's going to get counted. And I think they're hurting But you mentioned the uh, black, the African-American vote. Brooklyn is the biggest borough. That's the uh, borough you're from. That's the borough I'm from. Heavy African-American vote. Do you realize Manhattan has had more of an early voter turnout than Brooklyn, yeah. which immediately, if I'm a Democrat, I'm saying, oh, my God, check the precincts where the projects and the predominantly African-American, West Indian, Caribbean neighborhoods are, the brownstones, uh, the apartment buildings. What is the early turn? It's not good. I know. I looked at those numbers. And so tomorrow is make or break for Kathy Hochul in the city because <laughs> black reverends get up in their pulpit. And what is the message to their congregation, many of whom are sitting there or they're watching it on Zoom because they can't come into church yet? African-American women, 55 plus, who vote religiously, who vote religiously, they determine who wins and loses many times because they take voting very seriously. They'll wait two, three no, hours, I, I, hours I, online. Right. Except the concern that I have is despite the conventional wisdom, older African-American voters are very conservative on crime. They, you know, they, they're the victims of crime frequently. They see their neighborhoods ravaged by crime. They see their, their kids and their grandkids being victimized by crime. And I am concerned, maybe not that they're gonna, that they're gonna go vote for Zeldin, but they, they may sit on their hands and it winds up hurting, hurting Hochul. I still think, I think another thing has happened. I think Zeldin in a weird way peaked too soon. Unlike in New Jersey where they really snuck up on Murphy, like it was literally election night. Yeah, like, Jack Cittarelli, right? Yeah, we had no idea this was happening. That there was this kind of discontent among or, the base. Or Pataki. Pataki was snuck up on Mario. Right. He was 10 points down in the polls. Yeah, that's true, too. That's true, too. They had no idea. But I think in this case, the fact that the last week or so was about, oh, my God, Zeldin is caught up, I think is kind of now, a you little see, bit Ant- of a Anthony can't say this because he'll dispute this. But I know this for a fact. A lot of these black reverends are being given, given street money to get that vote out. This is the old-fashioned way of getting right. your, your vote out. In the New Jersey election that Christine Todd Whitless won, they gave money to black uh, reverends to, to urge their parishioners not to vote by not mentioning Florio. Florio lost in 93 because Team Whitman went out and paid the black reverends. Don't mention him from the bully pulpit. Don't act like you're all excited about the re-election of Florio. So when you analyze that election, you say, what happened to the black vote? <laughs> yeah, there is. there is, But that, by the way, this is something... There's a concern about this. There's less concern about this in Georgia where there's an African-American on the ballot. 
But there is a concern about this in Pennsylvania, for example, that the African – it's one of the reasons everyone is turning to Obama now is they need African-American oh, yeah. turnout. Um, and they need big turnout in eastern Pennsylvania to offset central Pennsylvania and western Pennsylvania. But I, it, the, the one variable that I that I look at the polls that I think if there's going to be a polling miss and the kind of polling miss that we had in 1620, actually the polls were pretty much accurate. But in 2000, I think that the younger demographic is starting to catch up. I think more and more young people are starting to vote, and yet they're still in the polling formulations are represented in a relatively small number. Well, they start I, coming out. I, I don't pretend to be an expert on all the variances, but one area I'm very familiar with is the Asian-American community, the Chinese-American community, because I was the first Republican candidate for mayor ever to win that vote. I hosted a rally in Flushing yesterday. At the same time, the Team Hochul and her Chinese-American and Asian-American oh, yeah. supporters were hosting a rally in Chinatown. Almost nobody showed up in Chinatown. They were all up in Flushing. Now, I will say I had something to do with that because I've developed a relationship right. with them for many years. You can't be a fair-weather friend to these folks. They're too bright. They understand. They're free agents now. The Asian and the Chinese-American vote, if you notice, it's like 50-50, both sides. You really have to make your case to them. Unlike African-Americans or Hispanics, it's perceived they're going to lean Democrats. We don't really have to go out of our way for them. Every ethnic and racial group should be free agents because then people like yourself, Anthony, when you were running or I'm running, we got to go out and we got to convince them. I know it, you the the the, re, the reason why, and it's this is true of the the Orthodox community in upstate New York. You know, you outpunch your weight if you're bringing two, three thousand votes in a block to a candidate. Well, I'll give it. Give an example. They are going to that that Lawler Maloney race yeah. could very well come down to New Square uh, uh, to uh, to. To New Square and Muncie and those types and, of places. And Curious Joel. Yeah. Now, this is what happened. Curious Joel is a block vote, Satmar. So Kathy Hochul had money from the federal uh, capital improvement <laughs> uh, money that just came down. She pledged $95 million to them in Curious Joel. You know how many of the black hats are going to vote for her from Curious Joel? All of them. Yeah. It's a black vote. Now, when... Elise Eldon went up there with George Pataki, who won their vote against Mario in 94, because he promised more than Mario did. They already basically told him, made a deal. Right. Straight up. They told me oftentimes. But I think we love you, but we made our pledge to somebody else. But the Satmer split. I think the Satmer Jews split. As they, I think they, ah, the title bombs. They, that's they, right. They, they, the, they the, wars, split. the war. But, uh, yeah, these, this is, I don't think it's going to be that. That close. And the other thing that's working against Zeldin, he, uh, you know, Schumer's going to do fine. I think Letitia James is running a straight campaign. You can't she find her. You can't, you, you can't find her anywhere. Scared. I don't think she's scared. Why didn't she debate? I think because she believes the argument if a guy has no money, he's a complete non entity, don't give him any oxygen at all. No. I, know I disagree with that, but that's my view. No, she, she has internal polls. It says it's a lot closer because, remember, she has been painted, and rightfully so, as being no cash bail. You don't see her in terms of being law and order. She's the highest elected law enforcement not, official in the state. She's not. She's not. She has nothing to do with crime. All the, Democrats, all the Democrats debated. Uh, what, what? You, you're not going to get me to, to say that she was right not to do it. I believe that what she is doing is basically not giving her her opponent any oxygen at all. I, I think 
I, I think it's a strange strategy, to be honest, because I haven't seen her It's a chicken anywhere. strategy. That's what it is. I am. Look, you've heard me yell on my program. I think debates the bait. Andrew and I, one of the reasons this came to by be. The way, by the way, she uh, she went to the uh, Hasidic community and Orthodox community and said, I'm a chicken, but I'm a kosher chicken. <laughs> I want your vote. Up next, Pennsylvania. Oh, they're, they're loaded. Two two former presidents. Three. The, the, the oh, actual yeah, right, president, right. Oprah. And Donald Trump. The next president, right. Man. And because, you see, it's a swing state. You don't know which way they're going to. Once they know which way you go, you get no attention. No attention, bumpkins, who gods. Right here on Left versus Right, Anthony Weiner. Remember, you don't want to miss it on the Greg Kelly Show Monday, 2 o'clock. He squares off with Andrew Giuliani for the full hour. Greg Kelly refereeing. This is the place you want to be, 24-7-365. Before the count of the votes on the night of November 8th. When hopefully we know who wins and who loses. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Oh, man. It's so old school. This is 2020, right? In your mind, it's 2020. It's the re-election campaign of Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. Both sides gearing up. They want to run 2020 again. I don't know about you, Anthony. I'm saying out with the old, in with the new. I want a new Democratic candidate. I want a new Republican candidate for president. I want them battling in primaries, debating, which is something they have to do. They can't avoid debates. Unlike how many candidates, Democrats and Republicans, who are avoiding debates all over the country. It's a disgraziata. It's a shanda. But it's great to be a battleground state because you get all the attention. When your vote is up for grabs, they come to you. You're not a gumar. You're not a woman on the side that the guy won't bring home to mommy. They promise you, not only will I bring you home to mommy, I'm going to buy you a home. I'm going to put your kids, pay their college education. You get everything. And Pennsylvania and Georgia, battleground states, notice, they get everything. Plus the candidates there, all this New York money is flooding into Georgia. It's yes. the most expensive Senate campaign in history. Two-thirds of the money is from, from why wouldn't it be great if you and I were in, like, one of these races that people just sent you money from all around the exactly. country. Exactly, and you say, wow, well, this is great. Santa Claus, who are you? Uh, don't worry about it. But if you notice, Herschel Walker has done a pivot and shift. He was battling Warnock. No, now he's battling Stacey Abrams. Because she's behind in the polls running for governor. And he's saying she's a much better person to beat up on. Because Warnock, he gets in he gets in the corner and he takes a defensive position like Muhammad Ali did against George Foreman in Zaire. You know, he, he that's why it's next. But Stacey Abrams, she comes out swinging. So Herschel goes, oh, she's much better to take swings at. That's going to help me gin up my vote. She gets to gin up her vote. But it's neck and neck day. And the surprise of all surprises, Pennsylvania. Which I would have thought in that debate, Fetterman being so impaired, it would have been, he would have TKO, technical knockout. He's down for the count. He just can't function. They poured $2 million in to his campaign coffers afterwards. And notice you got Obama coming in. You got Bill Clinton coming in. You got uh, uh, Joe Biden, the president, coming in. They're working heavily East Pennsylvania. And you have, obviously, Donald Trump coming in West Pennsylvania. So once again, 
what's going to decide this race? Central Pennsylvania, where Harrisburg is. Or, or like we talked about in the last segment, or it's a turnout poll, like, you know, pulling out large numbers. It, I mean, in large numbers in places like Philadelphia. I mean, I, I pick Fetterman in this one. You know, Oz is still today a net negative. He's net unpopular. You know, hard, it's really hard to get, get elected. Unless you're an incumbent, you know, and, um, you know, but, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I think Fetterman wins that, wins that race. I thought it was interesting that, um, Oprah came out for Fetterman, you know, cause she'd been sitting on the sidelines. She should have. Should have come out for. No, she should have sat on the sidelines. Yeah. It's I mean, a little it's bit, somewhat hypocritical. I know, but she can't claim to be this progressive woman, African American standing up for whatever and then stay out of that race. That race isn't close. I know, but she made Dr. Oz. She gave him the bully pulpit. She promoted him to have his own show. They always said nice things about one another. I and think they're personal if you, friends. If yeah. you're Dr. Phil and you're thinking of running in Texas, which he's always hinted at, this thing, you're probably picking up the phone and say, hey, you know, Oprah, if I go for this here in Texas, you're not going to stick the shiv in my back, right? Look at all the years we spent together. Well, you got me, me my own talk show. Well, let me ask you, if I primary Eric Adams, yes. would you support me? Absolutely. Oh, okay. There's maybe, no doubt Maybe I've got it. this wrong. Because I know you will not call me a racist, a homophobe, a sexist, a misogynist. You might call me half of those things, yeah. but you won't call the whole nine yards like him. I'll never forget, I crushed Fernando Mateo, and the next day, Eric Adams, did I know more than 40 years? He's a racist, he's a misogynist, he's a sexist, he's a homophobe. The first time I met him, I said, you think you can veer away from the, the talking points? The sort of like, you know, you know I'm not a racist, right? Uh, yeah. This is politics. This is, and then That's as soon it as it's over, right? No, 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 no just, forget it. They just uh, The problem with you is you're a walking opposition research book on yourself. Like, you're, yeah, you're like, everything's out of the much. You, you literally <laughs> mention a scandal, and the guys behind the glass can pull up the, the audio yeah, in right seconds. Away. And I say, yes, I am guilty as charged. Yep, yep, that was a mistake. You know, there's none of this vacillation, hemming and hawing, you know. But, but in terms of Pennsylvania... You're an average voter who hasn't made up your mind yet. You've you, been in, well, first of all, you've been in a coma. Right, but you, you know. still, and that's the determining uh, factor. Uh, there are a lot of independents and unaffiliates, uh, affiliated voters now. They don't make up their mind. Polls indicate that the last 10 days they start breaking one way or the other. They did that in the presidential elections. They do it all the time. How do you watch that debate with Fetterman realizing he's impaired? And suddenly decide you're going to vote for him. What's the thought process? I mean, because I, I don't think anyone. I, I would be surprised. I mean, they did poll the impact of that. The New York Times and the Siena poll asked the question of people that were supporting Oz. What percent? No, people who recently decided what percentage the health of Fetterman was in, was, and thirty percent, which is a high number. That's because usually these polls don't move a lot of people. Sure. Now it could be those people were going to vote for Oz anyway, and are just reinforcing something they already thought. Here's what I think. I think that in today's world, doing things on the campaign trail that make you relatable is not even they. If it's a vulnerability, if it's vulnerability, doesn't you don't know how it's going to cut. You don't know how many people are going to watch that and say, "I have some experience with this. I admire him for doing that." It hurt him. Remember, when we were sitting in August, it was a ten point. It was. Oz was a laughing stock. Oz was literally yeah, people well, were making jokes. He, he, when you look up carpetbagger and there's a picture in Webster's dictionary, <laughs> yeah. it was Oz because Oz knew nothing about Pennsylvania. Right, and he was making and rather than getting prepared for that in the primaries, he stepped, kept stepping into it again and again. But all of that being said, 
Pennsylvania is a close state. It's a 51-49 state, even in the best of circumstances. Now you've got I, – I don't know about you. I don't know if you watched the debate. That was a hard debate to watch. I was watching it with Huma Jordan checked in a little bit. Every once in a while, he'd walk over and he'd say, what's wrong with that guy, Daddy? And I'm like, it was hard to watch, no doubt about it. And I was watching it with – I've never – I had no context, no comparables to try to figure out how it was coming across. I knew it was cringeworthy because he was having trouble forming sentences. But it definitely hurt him. There's no doubt that I think he'd be up by four or five points if we're not for that debate. Well, he's the hometown guy. The hoodie worked even though he doesn't have a hoodie background. You know, it's like the Eminem fact. Eminem is 50. People don't realize, right? <laughs> Eminem is 50 years this old. This is the rapper. Right? This is when yeah. people generally start voting 50, 55. They become serious voters because normally they have families. They're paying mortgages or they're going through uh, job hysteria. And now they get more serious about politics. But Eminem, Slim Shady, turned 50, and I would have had him do the debate in the hoodie, not the suit and tie. We talked about this. Should have done it in the we, hoodie. We talked That's about this. That's what got him to the dance. He was the mayor of Braddock. Now, believe it or not, I had guardian angels in Braddock you in the 80s. That, yeah. right? T.P. Yeah. King was my chapter leader. His brilliant idea was... I want to form a community newspaper. I said, this is a guardian angel patrol. you got a crime problem there. It's right outside of Pittsburgh. Really, a city in horrible condition because of the steel mills closing, the industrial base closing. Very similar to where Joe Namath came from, Beaver Falls, Aliquippa, uh, all these places. So I understand that area. The guy came in there and he tried. You you need more than just being a, you know, a dynamic individual because... Right. These towns, they need jobs. And obviously what exists now is even worse than what existed before. But I think people there, it's more about, are you one of us? Correct. Or are you Dr. Oz who looks like he's omnipotent, pretentious? He's a guy, you know, if you were sitting there and you were eating food, let's say you're sitting here and eating food, he's the kind of guy who comes over and takes the food right out of your mouth so you shouldn't eat that. You know, it's bad for your cardio. You know, he's just yeah, over but the Gary, top. But in the, and in the debate, he looked impeccable. Perfect suit. Doesn't did, work in did, Pennsylvania. Didn't make it right. That's why when people say, well, how do you even think about choosing the other guy? Yeah, Oz looked like a senator. He's smooth. He was very good. On t- and, and in contrast was a guy who seemed like he was authentically a, more of a Pennsylvania kind of guy. I think that's what it's going to come down to. But the other thing that happens in these kind of races, it's 51-49 on Wednesday morning. The race is called for Fetterman whatever. And everyone's all, well, what a great, you know, Fetterman, the amazing comeback. It's half and half. It's basically a coin flip. Half that state, just like, you know, the country, you know, Biden won by a pretty healthy margin, 5 million votes. Still a 50-50 state. Better so, you know. to be a battleground state. It's just like I tell every ethnic and racial group, don't crawl into anybody's back pocket. Be a free agent. Make them come to you. Everybody goes to Pennsylvania. Everybody goes to Georgia. There are states out there you wouldn't even know that they were part of the United States. They get no attention because it's already a foregone conclusion of who's going to win. Look, and if you want evidence of that, look at the sticker on our gas tanks uh, at the gas station, ethanol. Why is that on there? Because Iowa is the first in the nation state that votes. Everyone kowtows to Iowa, so we make them put coin in all of our gas. Except I will give credit where credit is due. John McCain said, I am not going there and drinking ethanol any longer. Forget this ethanol. It's bull. It's bull feathers. But you're right. Everybody had to go there and drink a gallon of ethanol and eat a pork chop. Poor Joe Lieberman, when he was running for vice president, Al Gore said, 
My God, I can't have Joe leave him and go to because they give you every How many examples? He, and what about our Cuba policy for generations? Because Florida was a swing state. Finally, it's not a swing state. We can start doing the right thing. You know, we have we have sugar subsidies, like because oh, of their it crazy, is it crazy. is this kind of our milk is more expensive because of Iowa and you know. Look, these things, these things happen, but you're exactly right. If you stick together and you're a swing state, the world beats its path to you. And, uh, you be- and by the way, if you were a swing state, you would meet every single presidential candidate every year. They come knock on your door. It's like a woman. You're up for grabs, right? Let the guys come to the house, introduce themselves to mom and dad and make their pitch and woo you. Bring the flowers, the candy, and then you have a series of boyfriends and then let them make their pitch. But if you all of a sudden fold like a cheap camera and you go with whatever Gavon shows up because you said, oh, he's interested in me, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, divorce court. My, my lawyers have advised to let you make all the, the analogies about groping women as it relates to politics. That's not <laughs> that's not my area of expertise. I don't have to read any apologies anymore. No, no, no. You're, you're very bright. You already read one apology. And again, I'd be more than happy to read that apology again to the dearly departed James Kahn. If that wasn't the most ridiculous apology that they made me read, remember, the lawyers for Andrew Mushruzzo, head of the Colombo crime family, and James Kahn wrote it, and the brilliant attorneys at AM970, the answer, by the way, I wasted four years of my life there that I'll never get back, signed off on that and said, if you don't read this, you're going to be on the unemployment line. I said, not only will I gladly read it. I'll read it five times. I'll give you the Quinella. Right here on Left versus Right. Remember, you don't want to miss it. It's Monday afternoon, 2 o'clock on the Greg Kelly Show. He's the referee. It'll be Anthony defending the Democrats uh, who are really putting their whole heart and soul into it as the Republicans are. Look, whether you like them or not, having run for office, Anthony's run many times. you got to work hard morning, noon, and night. There are no slackers and deadbeats with the last 72 hours. It's pedal to the metal right here on WABC. I would like to take this opportunity to correct a few statements I made in earlier broadcasts on my show concerning the well-known actor James Kahn. Contrary to my prior statements, Mr. Kahn was not in attendance at a court hearing involving Andrew Russo in New York on April 15, 2011. And therefore, he did not kiss Mr. Russo on the mouth at that hearing, as I previously stated. I also falsely stated that Mr. Kahn was a trisexual. I have no knowledge about Mr. Kahn's sexual preferences or activities, and it was not my intention to question Mr. Khan's sexual preferences or activities. Although Mr. Khan had written a letter to the judge in support of Mr. Russo obtaining bail, I incorrectly referred to that letter as a friend of the court brief. Further, Mr. Russo did not assist Mr. Khan in his early acting career. I retract my earlier baseless comments about Mr. Khan and sincerely apologize for making them. It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC. Hmm. Something, something, something in the USA. What's that, Indiana? Right, Hoosier. Am I right? Is this is when he was just John Mellencamp, or no? He was just John Cougar. He hadn't become John Mellencamp. That's right, John Mellencamp. Then he started hanging around with the trendoids, freakishoids, jet setters, and he killed his cred. He killed that uh, that heartland cred that he had. That's right. By the way, if, if Mellencamp or 
the boss or anybody else did endorsements now, you really think it's going to move one vote. I mean, I can never forget Philadelphia right before the victory of Donald Trump that even he was shocked about in 2016. They brought uh, Springsteen. They brought Obama. They brought Michelle. They brought... Uh, Who's the guy with the, the hair, Bon Jovi, right? Philadelphia. They yes. had the biggest rally. Everything, everyone was on their side, right? Uh, who's on the side of Trump at that time? You had uh, uh, Mr. Coors. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent and, and Mr. Coors. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, you know, was married there to... Uh, uh, anyway, I mean, a, a, there was no star power. No, you had that other guy, too, who does that. Kid Rock. That's right, Kid Rock. Yeah, That's Kid what Rock. I'm talking about, Mr. Coors. Yeah. And that was it. And all of a sudden... Donald Trump is president of the United States. He came out on the stage. He was shocked. Hillary was, like, destroyed, and she had all the firepower. This, to me, all the celebrity endorsements means nothing, absolutely nothing. It doesn't move anybody. It's great entertainment. It's great for the media. But to be honest with you, it doesn't change one vote. Not no, one that's vote. That's probably right. That's probably right. I mean, you think there's, like, some... Talk radio. Talk radio doesn't change one. Remember aligned against Barack Obama. Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin. Doesn't get bigger in talk radio. Who got elected twice? Barack Obama. A guy, I'll never forget, I got a call from the Boston Gardens. This was during a Democratic National Convention. A guy named Barack Obama just gave this stirring speech. He's going to be yeah. the future president of the United States. I said, no way a guy named Barack Obama is going to be president of yeah. the United States. I was in the room. For, I was in the building for that. Barack Hussein Obama. Talk radio does not change one vote. Because if you're listening to talk radio, you've already made up your mind. So all these things, oh, we're going to get out to So I listen to WABC all day long. Yeah, vote Selden. Vote. You're talking to people who've already voted for I, I Selden. Think, I think that's right. Or... Telling people that Zeldin's going to win, Zeldin's going to win, Zeldin's going to win is not the right message either. It's like it's, it's – I, I would agree with you. But the, it does raise the question, though, who in today's world hasn't picked a side between the Democrats and Republicans? I mean, there's this giant war that's going on. Everyone has a side. I don't know. It's kind of – you wonder whether the election – Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. You've been in a lot of close races in which nail-biting races – in the last 72 hours, you got to get your vote out. Do you just go with the A1 voters, the ones who vote all the time, or do you try to chase those who maybe only vote in presidential elections? I think it's all about P1 voters, priority You're voters. You're basically pulling people you've identified over the last six months who said that they're definitely voting and they're definitely voting for you. Yeah. Right. You're pulling them to the extent that you're saying, do you want to ride to the poll? By the way, what did you do on election? Do you have an election day custom that, you, that you've – well, you, you've only – You've only done this once. What did you do well, on election day? Well, I've done it day? for other people. Remember, I've done it for Pataki. Right, but when you're a candidate, like, what did, what did you do on election day day, on that actual day, when it's basically, it's all over but the shouting? I prepared for my loss. I knew I was going to lose. But did you, did you go to the movies? No, no, no. I did went around you... to the polling locations, yeah. shook hands. Yeah, I love that. And I went to Democratic polling locations. Oh, you're a nice guy, Curtis, but, you know, you're a Trumper. I said, I'm not a Trumper. I mean, I had an opponent who spent a million dollars, dumped it on my head, saying, this guy is a never-Trumper. You know, so I was trying to correct some of these misconceptions. But people would say to me when I was outside of the projects, because, you know, in the projects they have the machines downstairs, Curtis... I grew up with you, but you got an R in front of your name. Yeah. I, I can't vote for you. I think there's, there's still a lot of... I said, excuse me, when you're getting mugged and I'm helping you here in the projects or on the train, do you all of a sudden say, Curtis, stay away from me because you're an R. 
No, but there the problem is, and if you want to call it a problem, in today's world, there's no fusion candidates like there used to be. If you crafted, if you crafted it right back in the good old days, yes, you could get elected as a Republican. Yes, people did it. If you crafted it right, you can get elected statewide as a Republican. People have done it. It's been a while, but people have done it. But you can't do both. You can't be. I'm a partisan. Down the line, election denying, whatever Republican. Well, this go ahead. And this uh, Lee Zeldin, if he wins on Tuesday, would be the most amazing comeback. Remember, this is an avid Trumper, a guy who who wrote not to certify the election, pro life, even in the case of rape and incest. This yeah. is what he ran on. Yeah, yeah. Said when he was running against Andrew Giuliani, Wilson, and Astorino, when I pick uh, the director of health, it has to be pro life. Everybody would say he doesn't have a chance. Crime became such an enormous issue that he may well ride that into the executive. I know, but he has done nothing to adapt to the new environment. First of all, he got in running against Cuomo. Let's be honest about this. He, he got in thinking Cuomo fatigue. Yeah, which was, he, that's you why know, he ran. Right. He, he got in looking. He showed no signs of adapting up until today. He you know, showed no you know, signs of adapting. Uh, when he wins on Tuesday night and pulls this upset, the first call I'm suggesting he makes is to Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. Say, Eric, because he did such a miserable job with law and order and because the media capital of the world, the first five stories every night, first six stories, crime, crime, crime. Thank you very much because of you. I'm governor of the you state. Don't think, of you don't think there are some Democrats that are saying that a little bit now? These <laughs> Democrats are, are saying that, that, you know, listen, you bought into their talking points, you know, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I think, but by the way, if Zeldin wins, I think Zeldin Adams might be a pretty good team to fix things. I do. I mean, I, I, you can see the, the reason why Zeldin would want to be good to Adams. Eric Adams, right now, lit his Shonda candles, uh, Shabbos candles on Friday for obviously he had to do it for. Uh, Governor Hochul, and then when he goes to church tomorrow and the black reverends are trying to get out a Hochul vote after taking that street money, said, Rev, you don't mind if I light a candle here for uh, Lee Zeldin just to hedge my bet because I am the reason that Lee Zeldin is becoming the next governor of the state of New York because I have promoted crime and chaos instead of law and order. I mean, let's face it. It's obvious. New York City, the media capital, first five stories. Crime, 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 Hochul, crime. Hochul by 10. You can write it down. Wow. Hochul by 10. And by the way, you're going to win the lottery tonight? I am. I'm going to share it with all my listeners. And if you want a piece of the action, now's the time to be nice to me. <laughs>